Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. for your presence. Father, help us to listen to you and learn from you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Be seated. Praise God. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Musos. Great job. So we are finishing our series on temples. And today I want to speak about the body beautiful your beautiful body. Yes. 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved and kept strong and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, The Bible actually says we are to glorify God in our body. And that particular scripture makes a difference between the body and the spirit. So we we all have a body. God's given us a body. And in Thessalonians it says, may your whole spirit, soul and body. So just so we're clear about that, we are kind of a three parts. I've got this body. I've got my spirit. And I've got my soul. My spirit is the deepest part of me, the, the great, the heart of me that connects with God. And my soul is my, my, my emotions, my feelings, my intellect. That's another internal part of me. And obviously they're sort of blended. And when we're born again, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our spirit. And our spirit comes alive. Like, but when we're not born again, our spirit is dormant, almost dead really. We've got a soul, we still think and feel, but we, we, don't, we don't have life in our spirit. So it's very important that our spirit is born again. And when that happens, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. He lives in our spirit, but he's, because our spirit's in our body, our body is a temple as well. So our spirit's in our body, so this body becomes a temple. So I really, I said to God, what do you want me to say? I always often say, what do you want me to say? What, you know, what do you want me to say to everyone? And I just felt him say, tell them they're beautiful. You are, I really feel God wants you to know how beautiful every single one of you are. And the reason that you are beautiful is because you're his temple and he made you. He made you. He made you in your mother's womb. And he made you with just the right body. Look in the Old Testament. There's literally chapter after chapter of how he made the temple. He was very particular. He says, I want the purple here. This has got to be gold. We want the covering. There was First there was a tabernacle and then the temple. It was full of gold. It had, he, he knew exactly how he wanted his temple to look. And then the presence of God came in in the ark. So if we are the temple then that means that there must be several chapters written in some sort of Bible in heaven about the way we're meant to look. Because if he's written it about a a temple that literally was stone and gold and purple cloth, don't you think that you 
as a living temple, he has great plans for your actual body I'm talking about. He's got plans for your life and your spirit as well, of course. We always preach about that. But your body is exactly the body he wanted you to have. And I, I just want us to celebrate that for a moment because we live in a culture that is so obsessed with our bodies and we live in a culture that is so obsessed with a particular kind of body and a particular kind of look. And God, he just loves all different bodies. He designed them all different. Listen to what he says. Listen to what the psalmist said. David understood this, Psalm 139. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, i.e. this body that you made. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. So when we were being woven together in our mother's womb, God was there. He was a part of it. He decided. I think we'll go for quite tall with this one. I think we'll go for strong looking, you know, for Hudson so he can look like a big tough footy star. This one's going to be really slender. This one's going to be a little bit a bit thicker, you know, which the Vogue models don't like, but that can be good. You know, more of a strong look for this one, big shoulders for this one. Or He designed it. Then the world said, no, 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 that's no, you have to look like this. Stick figure with long, thick hair and particular, you know, wide set, amazing eyes that just stretch out like this. That's what the world says. And so then we all grow up and we look in, the, in what the world says and guys, you're all meant to look like this, big shoulders, narrow and then, you know, nice and tall. I don't know, what was the, when we were young, it was like six foot, you know, and if you were nearly six, that was okay. If you're a bit above, that was okay. But, you know, we're all meant to, all, you know. There's such a, it's so boring what the world says. Praise God, now we're starting to get a little bit of diversity in the, in the fashion world. But in the real world, there's tremendous diversity and I want you to celebrate your body and enjoy it and know that your body belongs to God and it's beautiful and it's the body he wanted. And you need to be able to stand in front of the mirror like the psalmist and go, this is wonderful. I am wonderfully made, amazingly made. And celebrate that body that God made you. He knit you together. Anyone who does knitting knows it takes a little bit of planning, a little bit of, you know, organising he gave you the right look for the spirit that you have. He gave you the right body for the jobs that you were meant to do. Some bodies are stronger and faster than others. Some, every body is different. So he gave you a body and that matches your spirit and it matches who you're meant to be. Okay, so it, whatever you look like is the way you best are look, to look like for what you are called to do. Think about that for a minute and be confident in your beautiful body. That's amazing. I mean, it truly is amazing. You just got to look at the eye, just one eye. Imagine, having, imagine being able to see everything, how incredible it's designed. They, they can't even get to the bottom of it. They haven't got a clue what's going on in the brain. They keep changing it every 10 years. Our bodies are incredible. Enjoy them. When Bethany was little, now four-year-olds know that they're beautiful. We lose it after a while, but little, little girls do. So I've got to share you this cute quote. It reminded me when I was preaching this, preparing this. As a four-year-old, she was quite confident. And uh, one of the people in the church said to her, Bethany, are you the cutest girl in the world? She's not here, so she won't mind. And she goes, no, 
No, there are others cuter. And they tried again. Are you the most beautiful girl in the world? Yes, I am. <laughs> I love that she said that. I just like, yes, I am. It's so cute. Just yep, not not as cute as other girls, but the most beautiful in the whole world. Yeah, 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 I am. Loved it. Love it. That's the way we've got to be. The most beautiful for what we're called to be, and the most beautiful to God. Do you know what I mean? Like God thinks we're stunning, and the most beautiful to the people around us who know us. My husband thinks I'm beautiful. These days, you know, he doesn't wear his glasses as much, so it all still. I have discovered that is why, as we get older, <laughs> God's really smart. Like as you get older, you can't see as well because you, you, your eyes get everything gets a little bit weaker. You know, so your eyes get a little bit weaker as well, and so you, you, they don't notice. You know, they don't notice that you're not as stunning as you were when you were twenty. It's a fabulous. It's just I'm like. God, that's such a great arrangement. In fact, I've had it with my own friends. Like I, you know, I don't always wear my glasses when I'm out to lunch or something with them. And I had, a, I was sitting there with one of my friends who's the same age as me, and we were just chatting away. And she's gorgeous. This is Sherilyn. You all know Sherilyn. She's like blonde bombshell, gorgeous. And um, and anyway, we're chatting away. And then I put my glasses on to read the menu, and I looked up at her face and went, Oh, oh, <laughs> you actually are getting a bit older, Sherilyn, along with the rest of us. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay, just better take the glasses off again. But I just love the fact that we can enjoy, you know, as if you're, whoever you're married to, enjoy the beauty of that person. How precious to be married to or a partner with someone who's so beautiful. If you're single, just be confident and know that you're gorgeous and make sure you choose someone who is beautiful in God, you know, like... It's not about what they look like, but I can remember once we were looking at TV and while we were watching a, a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, this is a while ago, and I was thinking, isn't she beautiful? Like, she's so slender and elegant and gorgeous, you know. And I can remember saying it to Chris. She's a movie star, you know. I can remember saying to Chris, isn't she beautiful? Do you find her really beautiful? And he said, no, not really. And I was like, really? And he goes, no, no, she's not, not that attractive. I kind of like prefer brunettes who are sort of like this and that and then he described me you know and I was just like wow yeah phew he says <laughs> I think you are sincere darling but it just really struck me you know we're we're not in terms of physical beauty we glorify God in our body but in terms of having to attract someone we only have to attract well I only have to attract one guy you know what I'm saying and God so everybody likes someone different you know, maybe some of you think Gwyneth Paltrow is beautiful. Maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. But whatever we look like, we're, we don't, we're all different and we're all fantastic. I went to, um, Chris took me, he's a real sweetie. He's really good at organising little trips away, by the way. Men, you get any ideas? So he took me on a surprise trip away. He didn't tell me where we were going. And we went to Ayers Rock and climbed it before they shut it because we thought, let's get up there. This is a few years ago, but uh, we got to the top of Ayers Rock. Claimed it for Jesus, by the way, um, uh, and uh, proclaimed Jesus over the top of Bears Rock. And then he took me on to Perth, and there was the uh, World Women's Hockey Cup in Perth. And it was just fun. It was, it was all a surprise, so it was really great to go. But one of the things that fascinated me about watching these elite sportswomen who were like the top of their game, like they didn't come any fitter than these girls. They were playing in the World Cup. They were super fit. And they were wearing their, you know, like super tight little skirt outfits that, that we wear. I don't wear them in the World Cup, but I just wear them on Saturdays, which is 
which is, it's the skirt's this high, the skirt is this high. Like, anyway, Sarah's laughing because you do it for netball and you know how I feel. When you put the outfit on, you go, wow, okay. <laughs> I'm going out in the field like that. So none of you are invited. You cannot. <laughs> but anyway, but the point is, these, what, these girls are elite. They're at the right age to be still playing sport, if you know what I mean, like, well. And, um, and I was so encouraged. They just all looked completely different. Like, God... You know, when you're at the peak physical condition, you still don't look like a Vogue model. Like they all, you know, they were all different shapes and sizes, really, surprisingly different shapes and sizes. Because, and they're, they're as good as they're going to ever be physically. And it just, it just pleased me to see how God makes us all different and how those bodies work well in this instance for playing hockey but for whatever it is that God has called us to do. So let's be grateful instead of having a go at our bodies. Let's be grateful. Let's thank God for this body that we have. Let's, it says there, glorify God in your body. One of the ways we can do that is to just be grateful that he's given us this wonderful body and be grateful for, for its different seasons. You know, yes, we get older and so... It, it slows down and it does slightly different things, but that's okay. We can still be grateful that it still works and focus on the bits that work better than the other bits. You might not run as fast as you used to or run marathons, darling, anymore, but, you know, you can still, I don't know, mow the lawn. That's good. <laughs> I don't know, something, I'm just trying to think of something usefully physical. It's not as glorious as running a marathon, but it's very helpful. You know, especially because the way he, when I say, the reason I say that is because he runs when he mows the lawn. Like he literally runs up and down the hill and runs. And again, on Bethany, she won to, was it you? Okay, so Ellen, I went to uh, someone's house once when she was little and she saw a, a normal person mowing the lawn and they're just mowing the lawn like this, you know, walking around. And she said to her friend, is your lawnmower broken? And they went, no, why do you ask? She says, well, it, it doesn't go fast and it's not going fast. Like, why is it going so slowly? Because the man was walking. He, he thought that lawnmowers was like, ah, you had to catch up because they were driving like a car. And that's why dad was running behind the lawnmower to keep up. So when he saw a normal person just walking behind a lawnmower, anyway. So that's, that's great. But praise God that he mows the lawn. So glorify God in your body. And as we get older, here's the beautiful thing. As we get older, the thing about a temple, have you ever been to a sad old church that's decrepit and dying. You know, out in the country there's a few of them around and they're sort of overgrown and it's not happening anymore and it's sort of empty, you know, it's not being used. It's a very sad thing. And what gives life to a church, even as it gets old, in fact, sometimes some of those older churches are beautiful in their patina and their antique sort of vintage look. They're beautiful. But what makes a church beautiful is life inside that it's being used that it's it's got it's got real a spirit inside and we are the same as we get older and have the, the pattern and the vintage and all that sort of stuff going on what makes us beautiful is the spirit of God inside of us and honestly some older people I, I see some older people and I, I just I find them so stunningly beautiful I can't take my eyes off them because they are glowing with the spirit of God and it's sort of good in a way. It's less about what's on the outside. That, that, but if the inside is glowing and beautiful, it's like the oldest church in the world can be stunningly beautiful because there's life in there. 
and we are the same. So let's be sure, it's good for us as we get older, we can't focus so much on the external, but let's make sure that we are stunningly beautiful because the Spirit of God is alive in us and you can see it. You can see people who are shining with Jesus and shining with love and glowing with wisdom and, and life. Then we're glorifying God in, this, in the older body as well. Or, if, or, or maybe your body is, is fighting with sickness as well or fighting with different things. I mean, it's not just when you get old that your body lets you down sometimes. We all have ways that our body lets us down. But we can bring glory to God because the spirit inside of us as we're dealing with our body issues, we can bring glory to God because of the, the light that shines through our bodies. So... That's the, the first point. You are beautiful. You're beautiful. Your body is beautiful, but make it even more beautiful with the spirit that God has given you. Be, be anointed for him. So number two, very practical. He has given us a body, so let's look after it. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So... Paul, uh, John here, John is actually praying for health because he wants our, our physical body to keep going strong. And he says here, even as your soul prospers. So there's a, there's a matching of your spiritual health and your physical health. So let's be healthy. And I'm not going to go on a huge amount about healthy. You know, it's, it's kind of a lot of it's obvious, you know, eat well, sleep well eat the right food. The Bible says it actually has a lot to say. It warns us against eating, drinking too much. Don't, don't get drunk. It's very simple, yes. The odd glass of wine, just don't get drunk. Don't eat too much honey. That was the Bible version of sugar. <laughs> don't eat too much honey. Don't eat too much anything. You know, it's all pretty obvious, but we can sometimes get a little unbalanced in it. The Bible says, um, 1 Timothy 4, 7, bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So that's almost like God saying, focusing on the body and the health of the body is profitable. It's good. A little. It's good to exercise, obviously. It's good for our bodies. A little bit. So we've got to get that balance because some people don't do it at all. And some people, it's all about the body. It's all about you know, fitness and making the body perfect and working and working and working at the body and they, their balance isn't there because it's much more important to be godly than it is to be fit. A bit of, I mean, a bit of fitness and a lot of godliness is the best, but some people put so much energy into the food that they eat and the gyms that they go to and the exercises that they, I mean, I remember a girl telling me about a muscle here that she was working on. She said, yeah, I'm working on this muscle just right there. Can you see that? And I'm like, no. And she said, you just go like that with the weights. And it builds up that muscle. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, like, seriously, at least go for a big muscle. But anyway, um, I read about a human rights advocate. I was interested in him the other day for his human rights advocacy and what kind of things he was saying. But then it turns out that he's lost a lot of weight. He's lost 80 kilograms. And when I'm Googling him, honestly, there was a lot more about the weight loss than there was about his human rights. I couldn't find anything about what he actually was believing in or promoting. I didn't agree with it all, so I won't give you his name. But, but um, it was all about his weight loss. 
Like, oh, this guy is an American guy. Oh, he's lost so much weight. And he says, yes, I've got these nice new suits. And the, there were article after article about all the weight that he'd lost because he'd lost like 80 kilograms, which is a lot. And um, he gets up at 4 a.m. every morning to exercise for 30 minutes. And you know how you get this with celebrities? You know how they tell you the exact detail? He eats a banana, protein powder, and green juice for breakfast. Lunch is a salad with two slices of wholemeal bread, sometimes an egg. Dinner is another piece of bread or or just more salad. He eats fish once a week because his doctor said he needed to increase the amount of protein in his diet. And that's it. I'm just like, whoa, okay, wow, boring, first of all, but not a lot. And people say, yeah, people say it's not enough, but it's three slices of wholemeal bread a day. You know, he's got it all worked out with his doctors and everything. Didn't get bypass the surgery, the, what's it called? Gut surgery, I don't know what's called. Um, and I just thought, Okay, well, first of all, the world's obsessed with what we eat and what we, how we look and more, more than what he even believes in, which was kind of interesting. But secondly, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to get up at 4 o'clock to exercise. I want to get up at 4 o'clock to pray. To pray. I don't get up at 4 o'clock. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try and be more spiritual than I am. I pray later on in the day. But do you know what I'm saying? If I was going to get up at 4 o'clock, it would not be to exercise. It would be to pray. And let me challenge you on that. If you're a real fitness buff, put God first. It's amazing how people have time to go to the gym or they have time to play sport. They have time for physical things, but they don't have time to pray. And I honestly believe because godliness is more profitable than prayer, we'd, be, we'd do better for ourselves to focus on seeking God than going for a jog every morning. So by all means, fit in physical fitness, but fit in prayer first. And it may mean, as a Christian, that we're not prioritising, you know, working out as much as we can so we look as good as we can. So maybe we're not as slim and buff as the celebrities who get paid for it. Because honestly, I... Like, I look at their lives sometimes, like I spend an hour every day exercising and I do this and I do, and I'm like, I don't have time to do that. Not if I want to seek God as well. Seriously. So, yes, we look after ourselves, but our number one priority is seeking God and being godly. And let me tell you something, sin is very unhealthy. Say it again. Sin is unhealthy. So you'll be fitter and healthier if you're godly. If you're sinning, you get sick because they go together. You're, I'm not saying every sickness is because of sin, by the way. Okay, you might be just fighting. You know, the devil might be attacking you. That happens too. But it, it is true that it's healthy to be godly. So just a few other things. The Bible speaks about remedies. So sometimes our body might need, for example, 1 Timothy. Listen to this. Don't only drink water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake. And for your frequent infirmities. So that's sort of interesting. It's basically saying we've got to look after our body and it's okay to have a little wine or maybe a little bit of medicine or something. That's all okay. You know, we're at the God, He allows freedom in how to look after our bodies in terms of health. He wants us to look beautiful for Him. So the, the Bible is amazing, isn't it? It talks about what to drink, what to eat, what to wear, how much wine. Have, there's nothing that isn't in the Word of God. It speaks about how to dress so that we give glory to God. 1 Peter 3. Now, this is to women because I guess in those days it was women who wore more adornment, but I think it's for both sexes these days. Your beauty 
1 Peter 3.3 should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So isn't that beautiful? He's saying, not that you can never wear gold or fine clothes, but that's not our focus. Our beauty comes from the inside. So let's just be encouraged with that too, that not to focus on clothing. Some people, I think they focus more on clothing than on their inner beauty and focus more on, you know, for, um, for a lot of people, plastic surgery. I mean, it's a big deal and it's really expensive and you've got to sort of consider, is it, is it really the best way to bring glory to God? We glorify God in our body. So basically... If I'm going to spend a lot of money on myself, is that glorifying God and is that how he wants me to spend my money? I have quite a few friends actually who are going the Botox route and I've asked them about it and it's really expensive. I'm not saying it's wrong. You know, if you feel comfortable doing that, I mean, we've got to sort of find these things in God, don't we? Should I spend this much on a jacket or is that... There's sort of a little bit of tension there sometimes with God. I think God likes to bless us. I don't think he minds if we you know, dye our hair. I don't, by the way, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. I would, though. <laughs> if I'd gone grey at 30, I probably would have, but I'm just, you know. So, you know, we have to sort of really pray and, and give these things to God, like what, what is right? And I don't think that there is an absolute answer. I don't think there's right and wrong. And you can't buy that coat, but you can buy this coat. So send the money to the poor. I don't think there's absolute answers, but at the same time, I think we need to be open to hearing from God about this because there does come a place where he says this is not where your beauty's at this is not what it's about it's not about the plastic surgery the gold jewelry and the, the amazing I don't know what's a really expensive brand of clothing Gucci or something you know handbag it's it's not about that it shouldn't be about that or men I don't know the Hugo Boss jacket or whatever it is <laughs> that's great but that's not what it's about you be beautiful because you're beautiful on the inside Look, honestly, we all know that. You meet someone, right? The first two seconds you think, yeah, they look good. And then after that, who cares what they look like? Do you know what I mean? When you've got a good friend, you don't even sort of notice what they wear half the time. Because you just look straight at their face and you just talk to them and you just think, oh, it's so good to see them or, oh, they look sad. Or, you know, it's all about the relationship. It's about what's going on on the inside. So what matters is who we are, obviously. So there's... Everything you need to know about health and beauty in the Bible, if you've got anything you're unsure about, just go to the Word of God and it will show you. Thirdly, the Bible says to present our bodies to God. So it's one thing for us to know to be healthy, to be uh, wise with our body, but the Bible goes even further than that and he says to present your body as a sacrifice to God. So we need to make sure that this body actually belongs to him. I just want to read 1 Corinthians 9:24. Everyone who goes into the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. We're getting crowns, guys, in heaven. That'll be fun. Wonder what they look like. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is a really interesting scripture. And this goes back to where we started, spirit, soul and body. He says, I beat my body. 
Who's I? Do you see it makes it, it, it distinguishes between my body and me, which is really interesting because sometimes my body wants to do things that I don't want to do. My body is tempted to do things that I don't want to do. Isn't that a fascinating thought? So my body sometimes might see some chocolate and go, I want it. Let's just eat it. I've even heard of people say, I, I ate all this thing. I didn't even realise I was doing it. Some people's body might be looking at something and go, I really want to look at that. My, like, whoa, my eyes want to look at that. Your body will do things or want things that you don't want. And it's really important to get a hold of this distinction. I don't want that. Say that. Think that. I, me, the real me is my spirit. It's who I am on the inside. And so how strange that I've got, it's like, whoa, this body wants to do that. And I'm like, no, no. It's, it's like a battle. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. Because unfortunately, we still live in this flesh, this body of flesh that's not completely redeemed from sin. Our spirit is totally sinless, doesn't want to sin anymore. But we still have this flesh that we kind of drag around and it doesn't always do what we want. It doesn't want what we want. You know, and so it, the, Paul speaks about this fight of, of saying no. And once we realize it's not, I don't want that, we can start to build up the strength of our spirit so our spirit's actually able to say no. No. So because we do something, we complain. Maybe your mouth wants to complain and be miserable and horrible. It's like, no, I, I, don't, I don't. And then you go afterwards, you feel awful. And you think, I hate it when I do that because my mouth wanted to complain. But I don't like complaining. So we need to give our body to God. Think about that. Give our arms to worship and to serve, and to come to you know, working bees and work hard for God rather than using the arms to, I don't know, just collect your shopping or something. <laughs> Give our eyes to look at God and look at the wonders of his creation and look into people's eyes and love them rather than looking at smut on the internet or even just junk online. What does our mouth do? Is our mouth for glorifying God and speaking wisdom and truth or do we use our mouth to gossip and say things and blah, complain? What is our, you know, what does our whole body do? Can you see that we've got a feet? Where do our feet go? Do our feet go to church? Do our feet go around to witness to people? Do your feet see someone there over there learning thing? I'm going to go over and talk to that person. Or do our feet take us out to dark clubs and horrible places at night where we shouldn't go or I don't know. Or just never take us anywhere except, <laughs> except in front of the TV. Let's use our body to glorify God. Let's, let's, and it says, I beat my body and make it my slave. So I'm in control. I love that image. Of, of hitting your own body. Now, we don't literally do it. Back in the day, some of the ascetics literally <laughs> beat their body. That's not wise. But say no to your body. And the more you say no, like, no, I'm going to go to bed at bedtime instead of staying up until 2 o'clock. No, I'm not going to do that. The more your body gets told what to do, do you know what? It starts to submit and goes, all right, fine. We go to bed on time, all right? We drink water instead of cordial. I grew up drinking cordial my whole life like we didn't drink water does anyone else grow up are they old enough you just water just came into fashion in when was it like the 80s or something <laughs> my kids are laughing at me I don't know why but it's true when we grew up we just didn't ever drink water and we always drank cordial every night and everywhere we went I even used to make a little bottle of cordial and take it to school dreadful stuff it's just like why and then water became fashionable and we all drank water and now I don't drink cordial much I mean occasionally but 
It's just so obvious. But you have to say no because maybe when you've been drinking cordial for the first 20 years of your life, your body kind of likes it and thinks water's weird. You say, no, body, that's just dumb. Let's drink water. And so now I like water better. So once you tell your body what to do, it starts to obey. And the more you do it, the stronger your spirit gets, the weaker your body gets, and the more you're able to be in control of yourself. And that is a beautiful thing. That's a fruit of the spirit. Self-control, empowerment. So praise God. Let's glorify God in everything we do, everything with this body of ours that God has given us. And finally, this won't take long, but I just want you to be excited about your new body. Because when we get to heaven, we get a brand new body. We still look like us. Jesus had his new body and they still knew it was Jesus. We get a new body. This body, weak as it is sometimes and corrupt and it does let us down, we're getting a new one. So let's listen to this to finish off. We know that if our earthly house, this, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. In this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life, which he has prepared for us. This prepared for us. He, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. We groan sometimes in this body. We groan. <laughs> it gets tired and it does, I'm tired of telling it to say no and it's, it's getting older or it's just, just getting it's sick or it's not working or, or just, it just is so physical, isn't it? It doesn't fly. It doesn't release me in the spirit the way my spirit does. But guess what? We are going to get a new body. Be sure that you're born again, that you're going to heaven. You're going to get that fabulous new body and it's going to be perfect in every way. In the ways that this body sometimes lets us down, that body will not and that will be very, very exciting. So praise God for our bodies. Praise God that we are temples in the Holy Spirit. I hope you've really enjoyed this whole um, series. I hope you remember how precious you are, body, soul, and spirit. And remember to glorify God in our body and in our spirit and in our soul. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Just put your hand on part of your body, any bit. <laughs> just touch yourself, touch your heart, touch your head. And I just want you to thank God for the body He's given you. Father, we just, as we lay hands on this body, we thank you for our bodies. Father, I pray that as we lay hands in our body, that Lord God, you would heal us, keep us strong and healthy. I pray. I pray that everybody here would be in health, healthy. Pray healthy bodies, Lord God, healthy bodies. And Father, I pray that we would beat this body down. We love it, but it needs to be obedient. And I pray, Father, You'd help us to say no to our bodies when they pull us in the wrong direction. God, everybody here, Father, 
Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for these beautiful bodies, for these beautiful people that you've given us. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.